Welcome to Wonderland, the podcast where I go down the rabbit hole to research things you may be curious about. My name is Ami, and I'll be your guide on this trip to Wonderland. Welcome back, my curious friends, and Happy New Year. I took some time off at the back half of the year thanks to breaking my foot on Halloween and then the holidays coming in in full force. But now it's a new year, and I've made a resolution to create more. So I'm in the studio this week to record not two, not three, but four new episodes. I'm glad you're here with me, and I look forward to going down so many new rabbit holes with you this year. I wonder. 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 The first thing I'm digging into this year is a very popular topic for small talk. We all mention it in some way at least weekly, and many of us think about it daily. This subject impacts our lives from how we dress to where we vacation and the activities we do or don't do. Do you know what I'm wondering about yet? Five-day weather forecast. John. Weather. 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 That's right. The weather. It's such an ever-present part of our lives, but how much do you really know? about the weather. Name some different types of weather. Rain, precipitation, snow, hail, droughts. Thunderstorms. Snow, rain, sun. Tsunamis. Wind. Monsoons. Hail, thunderstorm, tornado. That count? Hail. Did I already say that? Tornadoes, hurricanes, water sprouts. You got snow. You got rain. You got wind. Sometimes all three. You have uh, sunshine. That's all the weather. Clouds and sun and rain. Oh my. No matter what kind it is, the all-inclusive word weather is used to describe the temporary conditions of the atmosphere. There are several main components of weather. Any guesses on what they are? Can I ask Haley? She knows them. Evaporation. Wind speed. Temperature. Precipitation. Moisture and air combinations. Barometric pressure. Temperature. Wind. Right? Is that, is that weather? Is that weather? No, right? What I name causes what you just said. Okay. <laughs> so I simplified. Yeah. Humidity. Dew point. You said temperature? Temperature. Humidity. Wind variation. <laughs> I, I don't know what else is. Temperature and humidity control everything, right? When cold hair hits hot air. That's how you get wind is when... Mm. Hot air comes, or colder air comes down and it pushes fronts around. Temperature, atmospheric pressure, wind, humidity, precipitation, and clouds. These components are used to describe all types of weather, from partly cloudy with a chance of rain to hot and humid. Hello, Columbia, South Carolina summers. Weather is constantly changing based on changes in these components, as opposed to climate which is used to describe average weather in specific regions over long periods of time. While on any given day in Columbia, South Carolina, we may have weather that starts as cool and foggy, then becomes warm and windy, then a thunderstorm passes through and it becomes hot and humid, only for the evening to be cool and clear. Our climate is considered to be hot and muggy in the summer, cold in the winters, and wet and partly cloudy year-round, with temperatures generally varying between 36 degrees Fahrenheit and 92 degrees Fahrenheit. So to understand weather better, let's dig into the different components, shall we? And why don't we start with those big fluff balls in the sky? As children, many of us would lay on our backs on a warm afternoon and find different shapes in the clouds. 
But other than dragon or shark or unicorn, what are the types of clouds? Oh, Lord. <laughs> Cumulus, nimbus, cirrus, stratus, and I think combinations of all of those. Oh, God. Cumulus, stratus. That's it? I don't know. <laughs> he named all the ones I know. Cumulus. <laughs> <laughs> Cirrus, Cirrus, is that how you say it? Cirrus, is that how you say it? Mm. Columbus, Cumulus, whatever it's called. Cirrus, Stratus, Cumulus, Alto Cumulus, Alto Stratus, Cumulonimbus, Nimbostratus. Am I missing any? The study of clouds is called nephology. And clouds are primarily named using either a Latin name or a common name. They are classified according to their height above the ground, along with their appearance from the ground. The primary Latin roots used to classify clouds are cirro, meaning curl of hair, high, alto, meaning mid, strato, meaning layer, nimbo, meaning rain, and cumulo, meaning heap. Clouds are broadly lumped into three groups depending on their height. High level, which is 20,000 feet and higher, are given the prefix cirro. The most common types of high clouds are cirrus, cirrostratus, and cirrocumulus. These clouds are usually wispy looking. Mid-level clouds are between 6,500 and 20,000 feet and are assigned the prefix of alto. The most common types are altostratus and altocumulus. Low-level clouds are those less than 6,500 feet high, and they're not given a prefix though their names are derived from strato or cumulo. The primary types of low clouds are stratus, which develop horizontally, and cumulus, which develop vertically. So what kinds of clouds are for thunderstorms? Those are cumulonimbus, or thunderhead clouds. They are vertically formed, and in addition to causing severe storms, these clouds are also responsible for hail and sometimes even tornadoes. And the fluffy animal-shaped clouds we like to dream under? They are called cumulus clouds, and personally, they're my favorite. Clouds, regardless of the type, are formed when invisible water vapor in the air condenses into visible water droplets or ice crystals. So while not all clouds are rain clouds, they do all contain water. So let's talk about the precipitation water cycle. What exactly is that? Precipitation, evaporation, condensation, transportation, groundwater flow, water, water flow, um... Crystallization, surface water flow. Is that how rain's made? Mm -hmm. So when the sun heats up the rain and causes it to evaporate, the molecules collect inside of the cloud, and then when it gets dense enough, it falls back down to the earth. Uh, rain is the condensation. So the, the evaporation of uh, water into the air collects with dust molecules to create clouds. When those clouds reach a certain temperature, they lose their stability, and the condensation falls to the ground as rain evaporation condensation i believe participation participation precipitation precipitation runoff you got it uh water evaporates as it heats up and then as it rises well, it turns into water vapor and then as it rises and condenses it turns back into water vapor and rains back down and then heats up and evaporates again and again and again and again. The water cycle is the continuous movement of water in our atmosphere. 
broken down over simply, there are three phases, evaporation, condensation, and precipitation. Essentially, liquid water evaporates into water vapor, which we just learned condenses to form clouds. Some of those clouds then precipitate back to the earth. But what causes that precipitation? The water gets too heavy. Uh, Review answer B. Precipitation forms when water vapor condenses into larger and larger water droplets. Eventually, these droplets become too heavy for the upward-moving air to support them, and they fall to the earth as precipitation. Precipitation is an inclusive word for any type of water falling from the clouds. So what are the types of precipitation? Wait, what? Oh, yeah. Snow. Rain. Snow. (laughs) Yeah. Sleet. Rain, sleet, snow. Hail. Hail. Rain. Snow. Sleet. The most commonly observed type of precipitation is rain, which are drops of water that are widely separated and are larger than 0.02 inches. Why does the size of the droplet matter? Because if it's less than 0.02 inches, it's called drizzle. Drizzle is fine droplets of water that are very close together. They float along air currents, which is also what fog does. But unlike fog, drizzle falls to the ground. Also, did you know that raindrops are not tear-shaped? Small raindrops are almost perfectly spherical, and larger raindrops are almost kidney bean-shaped. The very largest raindrops have such a prevalent indent that they almost look like a parachute and typically end up breaking into two droplets. Sometimes precipitation of pellets of ice fall, and this is called sleet. If you're seeing small balls of ice during a thunderstorm, you're probably looking at hail, not sleet. Hailstones are a quarter of an inch or larger. And then there's the type of precipitation that falls in the form of ice crystals. Snow. With a complex structure, ice crystals are formed individually in the cloud, but when they fall, they stick together in a cluster known as a snowflake. We've covered two of the components that make up weather with clouds and precipitation. Now let's look at a third component, atmospheric or barometric pressure. What is atmospheric pressure? Stuff that gives me migraines. <laughs> I wasn't teached about that. She wasn't teached about that. So barometric pressure is caused by hot and cold air, and that's how you get thunderstorms and wind. Any guess, Trent, on barometric pressure? No, no. I, I like to stay where I know what I'm talking about. He's like my lane. Yeah, my lane. I mean, my, my lane. I don't really know what barometric pressure is as far as how to determine, or I, I don't know how to define barometric pressure. It's just that it's the differences in the density of the, the whatever. The air that surrounds us has weight, and that weight presses against everything it touches. That pressure is called atmospheric pressure. It's sometimes called barometric pressure because it is most commonly measured with a barometer. Atmosphere is a unit of measurement equal to the average air pressure at sea level at a temperature of 59 degrees Fahrenheit. Atmospheric pressure impacts the wind due to the pressure changing in the air, creating high and low pressure systems. These systems create different types of weather. What kind of weather does a low pressure system create? Wasn't teased about that either. Um, Mom's gonna have to go back to school. Wind. Thunderstorms. Rain. Snow. Yeah. I don't know. A low-pressure system is an area of low pressure surrounded by higher pressure. Air with a low density and high temperature is surrounded by air with a high density and a low temperature. This causes the air to form an inward spiral. Typically, 
low-pressure systems have warm, humid air and often create clouds, wind, and precipitation. So if low-pressure systems bring us wind and rain, what kind of weather does a high-pressure system create? Sunny skies. Tornadoes. <laughs> mm. Dust storms. <laughs> totally different answers. <laughs> rain. I don't know. The high makes sun. A high-pressure system is an area of high pressure surrounded by lower pressure. This means there is cold, dense air surrounded by warmer, less dense air. This causes the air to form an outward spiral. High-pressure systems typically cause weather with cool, dry air and few clouds. The weather is usually calm and fair. So what causes thunder and lightning? Little icicles. Warm air. One of you said ice and one of you said warm. <laughs> Little icicles in the clouds that touch each other and it makes it. That's all I know. When warm air and cold air collide, right? No, that's tornado. Oh, that's a tornado? Lightning is uh, static charges through the atmosphere as well. Yeah, so a negative charge and a positive charge, and then then uh, the the it's the opposite charges meeting. Yeah, lightning is the separation of positive and negative charges in the atmosphere, and the electricity moving through that, and then thunder is the sound of that electricity heating and expanding the air. Lightning begins as a static charge in a rain cloud. In the clouds, there are updrafts and downdrafts, and general turbulence moving the precipitation we discussed earlier around. As these drafts move the precipitation around, they bump into each other, they lose electrons, creating a cloud that has negatively charged bottom and a positively charged top. The atmosphere acts as an insulator between the two fields in the cloud, but at some point, the strength of the charge overpowers the insulating atmosphere, and the outcome is lightning. Most often, lightning occurs in the cloud it formed in or between clouds as it takes the easiest path to release the charge. But sometimes, lightning goes from the clouds to the ground. In these cases, a strong negative charge in the cloud attracts the positive charges in the ground. The positive charges on the ground move up the tallest objects trying to get to the negative charge in the sky, and a stepped ladder of negative charge descends from the cloud seeking the positive charge. As the negative charge gets close to the ground, a positive charge, called a streamer, reaches up to meet the negative charge. When these channels connect, the result is a lightning stroke. For a fraction of a second, these lightning strokes are hot. Like, hot, hot. Like the air around the bolt is heated to as much as 54,000 degrees hot. The heated air expands explosively, which creates a shock wave as the surrounding air is rapidly compressed. And then it contracts, as it rapidly cools. The result is that crack of thunder, followed by rumbles as the air continues to vibrate. And if you spent time as a child, or as an adult, uh, counting the Mississippis between lightning and thunder to see how close it is, five Mississippis means the lightning is a mile away. Anything less than that, and you know it's much too close for comfort. Thunderstorms can be scary, and one of the scariest aspects of a storm can be a tornado. So what causes a tornado? I don't know. Cold air and warm air go up and they start fighting and they spin around. When warm air and cold air collides. When <laughs> low barometric pressure meeting high barometric pressure, low front meeting a low front at the same time. That's exactly what it is. I'm right, Google. So tornado is uh, when you have a spin and when you have a, a, a frontal system and a spin in the atmosphere, and a 
warmer temperatures and colder temperatures will will take that spin and they'll 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 flop it. They'll they'll basically yes. turn it instead of horizontal. They'll turn it vertical, and the tornado becomes a cloud on the ground. That's cold front meeting hot front, right? Yeah, well, not really. It's 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 it. So in a in a in a, in a, in a frontal storm in a, in a storm front that you, you the air the temperature at the front of the storm is usually spinning like this, so it's pulling itself along through. Uh, the, and what happens is you'll have hot air, or you'll have warmer air start to rise. Where above the storm you have colder air in a different place close by, where they'll basically flop and they'll they'll pull it'll it'll basically invert or it'll it'll turn it. 90 degrees. That makes sense. I would like to revise my thunder one. It's when a cold front meets a warm front. A tornado is a violently rotating column of air that extends from a thunderstorm to the ground. They are formed when warm, humid air collides with cold, dry air. The denser cold air is pushed over the warm air, which we learned earlier can result in a thunderstorm. Then the warm air rises over the colder air, which creates an updraft. If the winds vary sharply in speed or direction, that updraft will begin to rotate. As a rotating updraft draws in more warm air from the storm, its rotation speed increases. Water droplets in this updraft, called a mesocyclone, form a funnel cloud. The funnel cloud grows and descends to the ground. When it touches the ground, it's called a tornado. Sometimes also called twisters, tornadoes can last for seconds or up to three hours. The average tornado is around 660 feet wide and moves at around 30 miles per hour, but usually don't go more than six miles before dying out. But there are some massive tornadoes that are estimated to go as fast as 300 miles per hour. This is only an estimate because scientific tools cannot withstand the force of the tornado to record the wind speed. In the 1980s, people only got around five minutes of warning time before a tornado hit. The average time now is closer to 13 minutes, courtesy of advancement in meteorological tools. And while tornadoes don't give a lot of advance notice, scientists are able to predict the potential of a hurricane sooner. So what's the difference between a hurricane and a tornado? Tornadoes are land-based. Hurricanes are storms that start in the ocean and involve a lot of water. One got water. One has an eye. Hurricane starts over water and comes onto land. And a tornado starts on land and most of the time ends on land tornadoes on land and hurricanes in the ocean facts that is a difference come at me youtube hurricane is a very large low pressure system that travels hundreds and hundreds of miles and a tornado is a localized uh effect of a of a storm so you're saying tornadoes can't be huge too that's what i said though i mean they can't be 50 miles across i mean did you see twister yeah, that wasn't 50 miles across. That was a mile across. We're dropping door <laughs> They got cows. Like tornadoes, hurricanes involve the rotating movement of air. But a hurricane is not just a really big tornado. It's a storm, or more accurately, a storm system that is made up of multiple thunderstorms. These violent storms form over the ocean as a low-pressure system area moves through an area of high humidity, increasing the chances of a thunderstorm activity. As the warm air rises into the storm, it creates low pressure beneath it, causing the air to rush in, which then rises and cools, forming clouds and thunderstorms. When the wind speed of the storm reaches 74 miles per hour, it's classified as a hurricane. So what's the difference between a hurricane and a typhoon? I don't know. Which ocean it comes from? If it's a typhoon comes from Pacific and hurricanes come from the Atlantic? Nothing. 
One's, Typhoons are one's, on a certain hemisphere. Yeah, one's on the one's on the western hemisphere, one's on the eastern hemisphere. Mm. This honestly comes down to geography. Hurricanes are tropical cyclones that form near the equator over warm water, either in the Atlantic Ocean or the eastern Pacific Ocean. Typhoons are tropical cyclones that form in the northwest Pacific Ocean. And in the South Pacific and Indian Oceans, they're called by the generic term of tropical cyclone. All of these different weather phenomena can be scary to think about, but thankfully, we have meteorologists to help us know when bad weather is imminent. What do you think a meteorologist does? They study the weather that is going on at the moment and try to make predictions on what's going to happen. Study weather. Meteorologists waste, a, meteoro- <laughs> a meteorologist wastes people time by telling them what they could just go outside and look at. Or look at their phone and say, <laughs> Lies. <laughs> Report weather. Meteorology is the branch of the atmospheric sciences with a focus on weather forecasting, and meteorologists are scientists who observe, study, and forecast the weather. Who do you think is attributed as being the first meteorologist? How am I supposed to know? No clue. Didn't Benjamin Franklin do something with the light? Ben Tanner. Ben Franklin. <laughs> oh, that was my answer, Benjamin Franklin. Oh, man, Ben Tanner, man. Ben Tanner's like 40. Ben Tanner's the G, though. He's the G of South Carolina. Aristotle. Very early in time, weather predictions were largely related to prophecies and divining and sometimes astrology. Ancient religions believed gods controlled the weather. Early priests attempted to predict the weather using astrology. And many ancient texts indicate that people were attempting to predict weather as early as the first agricultural settlements were formed. Babylonian tablets include associations between thunder and lightning. But it was the ancient Greeks who first made theories about the weather, from Herodotus to Anaximander to Anaximenes to Hippocrates. There was much qualitative observation about the weather and theoretical speculation. And it is Aristotle who is widely considered to be the founder of meteorology and the first meteorologist. Aristotle's meteorology was written in 350 B.C., and utilize observations from these predecessors. This work would remain the authority on meteorology for nearly 2,000 years. René Descartes' discourse on the method in 1637 was the beginning of the scientific revolution on meteorology, and he applied these theories in the appendix Les Meteors. But it wasn't until the invention of different meteorological instruments that this study became more than just hypotheses. How many different tools for measuring the weather do you know? Groundhogs. Barometers. Thermometers. Doppler radar. Groundhogs. Thermometers, barometric pressure readers. I forget what they're called. Barometers. Barometers. What's the wind one? Anamomander. Probably said that wrong. Satellites to track clouds and storms. Groundhogs. Barometer, thermometer, anometer, wind dial, wind gauge, ring gauge. Groundhogs. I know. Anamometer, thermometer, rain gauge. The big plane that they use for the hurricanes. That's Anamometer, I believe. Yeah. Oh, that north-south wind thing that's on, like, top barns and drawings and all that stuff. Groundhogs. What is a thermometer? Uh, it's temperature. It usually had mercury in it back in the day, and now it has something else. Yeah, what happens to the mercury? Temperature. It measures temperature. A thing that measures temperature in Celsius and Fahrenheit. A thermometer measures the air temperature. Barometer, 
Yeah, that, this is you. Barometer test. Where is atmospheric pressure? Yeah. Measure the air pressure. Barometric pressure. Measures air pressure. A barometer measures atmospheric pressure. Hygrometer. No idea. How high you are. Uh, measures uh, dew point. Water. Measures the rain. That's what a rain gauge does. Oh, I don't know. Me either. A hygrometer measures humidity. Anometer. Wind. Wind. Is it a wind? That's the wind. Yeah, it has to be. The anometer wind. is a wind. We've named like the three key, the three <laughs> trifectas. An anometer measures wind speed. Rain gauge. Oh, that definitely measures the size. There's of a name for that too. Rain gauge is just you put it out there and it's like a little beaker and it's like, you tell me which wind you got. Facts. Yeah. Rain. How much rain? Measures rain. A rain gauge measures the amount of rainfall in an area. Weather station. Useless. Yes. As the meteorologist inside his life. It's the pace that plays. It's the pace that pays the meteorologist. The guy who tells you it's going to snow and it never snows. <laughs> well, if it does snow. <laughs> then he lied about how much it's going to snow. Correct. All of the above. Weather. Measures all types of the weather. A weather station is a facility that uses all of these tools to provide information for weather forecasts. Weather forecasting helps to keep us safe by warning us of dangerous weather. Helps us to make plans based on what we want to do and know how to dress so that we're comfortable. There are so many different types of weather, and people prefer all different types. What's your favorite type of weather? Uh, rain. Tornadoes. Tornadoes. I like thunderstorms and tornadoes. I like blizzards and tornadoes. Depends on the day. Really? Yes. If Oh, it, because of the skydiving. Yes. <laughs> if I want to go skydiving, I want to be clear. If not, I like overcast and cold. Hellacious thunderstorms. Just booming thunder and heavy rain. I like the fall weather. Yeah, I think I like fall weather, too. Wait, is What is fall weather? That's... Oh, I don't know. Like... <laughs> I was like, am I wrong here? Or they need to see Dry and cold. I mean, but y'all understand what, what we're saying. He's like, I like it when it's crispy. When the leaves are falling. Dry and chilly. When the leaves are falling. <laughs> No matter what kind of weather is your favorite, I hope that you have a beautiful day. Thanks so much for joining me on this trip down the rabbit hole. And as always, be safe, be kind, and stay curious. We should start a podcast called Meteorologists for Idiots. (laughs) (laughs) Or you can just listen to this one when I'm done with it. The Welcome to Wonderland podcast is copyrighted by Amy Bland and is part of the Barrett Gruber Entertainment Division. This podcast is recorded in the podcast studio at GOT Sound Studio in Lexington, South Carolina. Any thoughts or opinions expressed as part of this production are those of the host unless otherwise indicated. Subscribe to this podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Please follow, like, and share this podcast. Find us on Facebook at Welcome to Wonderland the Podcast and on Twitter at Wonderland underscore pod. To submit corrections, additional information, or request for episodes, please email the host at Welcome to Wonderland the Pod at gmail.com. Welcome to Wonderland as part of the GOT Podcast Network and a product of Barrett Gruber Entertainment and Media.